Hello and welcome to Monocle on Culture. I'm Robert Bounds. On today's show, we'll be looking at what's in store in the world of music in the coming weeks and months. The Grammys are over and it's time to say goodbye then to the little gold-coated gramophone for another 12 months. But that is by no means an indication that things are all quiet on the new music front. As we begin to welcome in the summer ahead, today we're asking who will make it onto our alfresco dining playlists, which albums will provide the soundtrack to our holidays, and ask who will be scrambling to get tickets to see live. To discuss some of the most exciting forthcoming releases, I'm joined today by two regular and trusted voices here on Monocle on Culture, the broadcaster and DJ Georgie Rogers and Monocle's senior correspondent Fernando Augusto Pacheco. Welcome both to the programme. Are we feeling springy? Are we feeling summer vibes coming into Midori House this morning? Super springy. Super springy. Yeah. The sun yeah. is here, you know, it's, there's a lot of excitement in the air. Yeah, shorts are on. One of your party, <laughs> but not me. Yeah, as we were saying, before we switched on the mics to do the show, I feel that there should be a dual Brazilian and British uh, bank holiday for the day that Fernando puts his uh, shorts on every spring. And talking of which, Fernando, we're going to start with you for your first choice today. Why don't we have a little clip of Orville Peck. Uh, this is Daytona Sound to get us in the vibe, and then we'll come back to you. So I come up I think I could have been your man. We watch the surfers as they whip on the strand. That was Fernando's first choice on today's music, Look Ahead, and that was Orville Peck. The track is Daytona Sand. Fernando, this is a departure from my normal kind of idea of what you would be driving through the desert to. So talk, talk us through it. It is a little bit of a depart from my usual electropop choices, but there's something about Orville Peck, Rob, and I have to say, first of all, I think his voice is very sexy in a way. And what I like about him is that he's, he's playful. I mean, this song, Daytona Sand, that we just heard, apparently is a story about a cowboy from Mississippi who grew up in Florida. But, you know, Orville Peck, I was reading a little bit more about him. He was, he was born in South Africa and he is living in Canada. So I think he creates this fantasy. He's not really like a cowboy. He's not even, you know, he didn't grow up in Mississippi. But I think that's what I like in pop music. I mean, you can create some sort of character and, and enjoy. And I have to say, this song, I find it particularly very beautiful. And it's part of his new album, Bronco, which I personally think it's better than his first one, which was a Pony, uh, released about uh, two, three years ago. So, I mean, he's playful and everything, but he's also very talented. Do we know much about, I mean, he's he's got a very interesting persona as well. I mean, his, his kind of look in his, all of his promo is kind of talks to that sort of, he's, he's literally shrouded in mystery. I suppose you, you can tell our listeners a little bit about it, about his sort of public persona or lack of, Fernando. He is, and, and, and I've got to be honest, Rob, like only last night I was typing on Google, Orville Peck without a mask. I mean, I was not very lucky. Apparently there's some like very blurry pictures there, but maybe it's better to keep that mystery. But as I said, he, he grew up in South Africa. I think he come from a family you know, that worked in the entertainment industry. He did a few voiceover for cartoons, which doesn't surprise me because look at the tone of his voice. It's so kind of mm. beautiful. And 
There's a thing, of course, I forgot to mention. He's all the time wearing a kind of a fringed mask as well. Maybe he knew about COVID before all, all of us, in a way. And he, <laughs> I, I wonder if he's going to wear that mask forever. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's going to be his thing uh, forever. I mean, he's still uh, wearing it. I think it's uh, beautiful. But we could see his piercing blue eyes underneath that mask as well. And he's got, I mean, you know, just just from that little cut that we heard, Daytona Sand there, the title of the track and the production on it, that kind of big shimmering guitar. He's certainly got kind of just channeling a bit of Johnny Cash in his in his vocals and stuff. Is the album, is it kind of trad with a kind of updated sort of shimmery production on it? Or is it is it playing with the kind of idea of country, country and Western music? What, what's the, where does it sort of sit in the in the canon, I wonder, Faye? It's a very melancholic album if you look at it. And yes, there's definitely a little bit of Johnny Cash on him as well, but some psychedelic rock. But I think the production values of of the album, they're fantastic. But yeah, it feels like a nostalgic trip. And as you say, you were talking about a road trip, Rob. I would definitely be listening to Bronco, uh, you know, maybe driving through Mississippi or or whatever, you know, because you can create your own fantasy as Orville Peck did. You certainly can. The album is called Bronco. It's released on the uh, 8th of April. We heard Daytona sound from it. And uh, I just hope you can get some of that Daytona sound out of your shorts, Faye. I hope they're not too too short. I hope there's, yeah, yeah. I hope there's a good uh, aircon system in your, in your, your, your chosen form of transport. <laughs> We're going to move over to Georgie. Georgie, lovely to have you on the programme as ever. We're going to... Should we have a bit of a clip of Kelly Lee Owens and then uh, and then chat off the back of it? different territory here as the dust goes down as the sun goes down in the desert here I think with Kelly Leoins tell us a little bit for the uninitiated a little bit about this artist Georgie yeah so she's a Welsh electronic artist it's her third studio album that this is from and it follows Inner Song which was the last one which we had in August 2020 and then the self-titled debut was 2017 and um, she's just a very well-loved and respected electronic female artist who just does it all really and she has the most amazing voice the last album was very personal it was called Inner Song and it was kind of all about doing the inner work after a period of loss and grief losing her grandmother who she was very close to it had a Radiohead cover of Arpeggio on it and then actual John Cale was on the last record and then she toured it and did this kind of you know she finally was able to tour the record last autumn and it was just I mean I went to the London show and it was the audience reaction was just incredible because she's you know on stage with it's just such a wall of sound so many heavy beats techno inspired music but then also she layers up the vocals and does you know there's visuals and it's just a a kind of audio visual spectacular and it's just her like a one-woman band kind of controlling everything and and there's something quite magical about it this is yeah her third record so it's a slight change in direction in a sense that she's worked with a noise artist on this album so she's gone to Oslo in Norway to work with Lasse Marhaug 
I hope I've said that right. I think that looks like beautiful pronunciation, yeah. He's a Norwegian producer who works in noise, but also uh, jazz, rock and extreme metal in a load of different projects. None that I'd actually heard of. I mean, I hate to lower the tone, Rob. But um, have you heard of Testicle Hazard? (laughs) I don't know. This is again, I think we're again riding through the desert with not enough aircon here. Um, Um, Well, he's a frequent collaborator with, yes, Testicle Hazard and Nash Control and Dell. Um, But as I wonder kind of how their paths have crossed, but certainly from the first two tasters of this new record, there's a track called Sonic 8 and that track that you just heard, Olga. Sonic 8 is a bit more of a kind of call to arms. It's, It's kind of declaring that there's an emergency it's quite aggressive industrial sounding um, track and I think it's sort of a follow-on from the last record there was a track called Melt which was about the ice caps melting and I think this is kind of similar territory but there's something really hypnotic about it and and kind of engaging and she could read the shipping forecast and it would sound engaging and, and like immersive and then Olga which you heard is sort of like a bit different more lush and cinematic and widescreen um, and just using her vocal to kind of layer the textures so I'm looking forward to hearing what the album has to offer because I think those are just sort of two tasters of a, of a whole journey and I did read that they're trying to go for a record somewhere between Throbbing Gristle and Enya which I am absolutely here for. There's nothing not to like about that Georgie I mean that is that's where we that's where we all kind of feel I think at this point in time right we need we need something like that. I read that she's worked I've kind of kept an eye on her she's got that kind of amazing ability for these very unique electronic artists to be very ethereal and sort of very personal yet do this massive live thing as you sort of said. It's a difficult thing I think to get right to make music of this scale and to sort of be true to it somehow right but I mean if you can describe yourself as somewhere between Throbbing Gristle and Enya then I'm signing up to that I'm coming down the front and I'm doing I'm doing I'm doing whatever kind of dance is is appropriate what kind of dance is appropriate to that (laughs) some head nodding yeah Some heavy head nodding, I think. Uh, The show that she played uh, Earth in Hackney, and it was amazing because she came on at the end and everyone was just... She she was like, I I can't do any more of my set. But the applause was so rapturous because people just because it had been so long since people had been able to see her and it was quite a pivotal moment I think finally getting to tour that record and also you know and it was just packed and everyone oh everyone's just clapping for about five ten minutes and she just stood up on stage and had a little shed a little tear but yeah definitely head nodding some sort of I don't know techno moves (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's, it feels like everything that you'd normally do, but slowed right down. It's beautiful stuff. We heard from Kelly Lee Owens' new album called LP8. We had a little bit of Olga that's a scene setter, according to Georgie, uh, for the album, that might be somewhere between Throbbing Gristle and Enya. Watch this space. Sounds amazing. Um, thanks, Georgie. Faye, we're going to come back to you. Should we have a little bit of Anita? That was Involver, Anita's new song um, from an album called Versions of Me. 
It's just out on the 12th of April. Faye, I'm always impressed by artists who only use their first name. Strong stuff, right? One thing I like about her, Rob, she is ambitious. Uh, and, and of course, in a weird way, it's not even just about her music, but being a Brazilian, I'm kind of proud of her. I mean, I know you know a lot of Brazilian music, but the reality is in the last decades, we didn't really have a Brazilian artist that conquered charts worldwide. I mean, in Latin America, I have many artists from Colombia, from Puerto Rico, but there was a lack of Brazilian artists. And I think Anita wanted to change that. She is massive in Brazil. I mean, she is like probably the biggest sing singer in terms of sales. But she said, you know what? I want to have an international career. And it's, and it's not easy. The song we just heard there, Envolver, a lovely track, became a TikTok sensation. It topped the charts worldwide on Spotify. I think the first Brazilian to do that. But she had to sing in Spanish, which is lovely. You know, her album, actually, versions of me is trilingual. It's in Portuguese, Spanish and English. But yeah, kind of, I do admire that ambition. But she didn't forget Brazil because there's still a lot of elements of Brazilian music, the funk from Rio de Janeiro, where she was born. So, you know, but the interesting thing about Anita is, is, is the character. Even in the elections this year in Brazil, because she became quite confrontational with Bolsonaro, sometimes they have some <laughs> Twitter spats, if I may say that. But it's interesting that he's afraid of a great pop singer that just shows how powerful she's becoming as well. How is she regarded at home in Brazil, Faye? Because that thing of the singing in Portuguese and singing in English is probably kind of people can understand the singing in English thing if you're trying to make it in, in the United States and generally internationally. But obviously the Spanish language pop music now is so huge, obviously brought on by the likes of Rosalia and all the rest of it. But obviously the huge, huge populations in Latin America as well. How does that go down, though, in Brazil? I think at the beginning of, the, of her career, especially, I think there was a lot of kind of snobbery about her as well, because she's a little bit of a depart of that kind of chic Brazilian music we have, the bossa nova, the kind of slightly more indie artist, which, which is amazing as well. So, so, you know, she really liked the funk from Rio, which sometimes can be a little bit controversial. People say that it's overly uh, sexualized, but she's so open. And I think it's incredible in a country like Brazil, which is still can be so conservative. You know, she's a bisexual woman and she's open about her plastic surgeries, about her many uh, lovers, and she's open in, in a funny way. So I think in that sense, she's been very important to the country. And I think people, even more respected singers like Caetano Veloso, Marisa Monti, they are just saying, you know what, Anita, you know, she's a delight. She's a great uh, figure for uh, Brazilian pop music as well. Yeah, that had a bit of funk to it. It was quite a lilting sort of classic. We could kind of see that sitting well in the Brazilian pop charts and the Latin American pop charts, the track we heard there, Envolver. What about the rest of Versions of Me, the album, Faye? Is that, I mean, if it's got international ambitions, does it straddle a lot of different genres and things? Yeah, and that perhaps some people might be a bit critical of the album because she was trying to be a little bit of everything. You know, there was a little bit of Latin pop with Envolver, but then there is, you know, some Brazilian funk on Quijabon. Even the song Girl from Rio, it's a very sweet song. She sampled the Girl from Ipanema. Not as good as the Girl from Ipanema, the original song, but, you know, it's, it's a great song, even though I have to say my favorite track is I'd Rather Have Sex because I think that's very Anita, that's very funny, tongue-in-cheek and... And very powerful in many ways. That sounds like a, a possibly a meaningful nod to Boy George's I'd Rather Have a Cup of Tea when he was asked about his sex life. It was about 15 or 20 years ago now, wasn't it? Exactly, exactly. Do you remember that? That's so funny. I'd Rather Have Sex. That's a, a slightly updated version. I'm sorry for calling it Envolver. 
as if it's an album, as if it's a Beatles album. Envolver. Sorry. Sorry, Faye. Envolver. Envolver. And we were talking about Anita's new album. It's called Versions of Me. We heard Envolver as beautifully put by uh, Fernando there. George, we're coming back to you, an artist I love a lot, Angel Olsen. Why don't we have a clip of uh, All the Good Times? I can't tell you I'm trying when there's nothing left here to try for. And I don't know how it happened We both abandoned The reason we used to believe Was it love that we shared When we easily cared Now it's impossible to conceive Oh, what a beautiful moment. That's uh, Angel Olsen and All the Good Times. She can do little wrong. Georgie Rogers and sounding more than ever like Katie Lang there. Yeah, I adore her as well. And and it's sort of I'm just always, always so excited ever since I think it was the um, My Woman album that really did it for me, which came out, I think, in 2016. And there's just this like eight minute epic called Woman on it. And I just I, I loved her before that. But I just that was sort of when <laughs> when it hit the big time <laughs> for me, my love of Angel Olsen. And, and uh, yeah, this is a new album, big time. It's her fifth studio album. And it follows like last year she did a kind of album called Whole New Mess, which was a, a load of reworkings from all Mirrors, another one of her brilliant records. And it was sort of like slightly more uh, experimental and raw versions of those tracks. And then also in 2021, kind of out of nowhere, she did that collaboration with Sharon Van Etten, like I used to. I don't know if you heard it, but it was just a powerhouse of a song. And now she's back with this new record. I think people are just because of that collaboration I think maybe it's she's known by even more people now and it was written as sort of an interesting backdrop to this album it was written after a big period of love and loss so it was written when she was coming out as queer for the first time and also having her first experience of queer love and heartbreak and then also she recorded the album just after the death of both of her parents who she came out to during the period of making the record. The backstory in terms of her growing up, she was adopted at the age of three. She was the youngest of eight children of a St. Louis family. Uh, Some of her siblings were kind of old enough to be her parents. She said in previous interviews that her parents were that sort of like typically old-fashioned and religious uh, Southerners. Her dad was a military guy and union worker and her mum worked in the foster care system. During the making of this record, she or the writing of it, she said she had the kind of tearful but very relieving conversation with them. The quote that she said is, some experiences just make you feel as though you're five years old, no matter how wise or adult you think you are. Finally, at the ripe old age of 34, I was free to be me. So that's permeating this track, All the Good Times, which is just a beautiful, swoonful ballad, but of kind of liberation, but then also has this jubilant vibe to it as it kind of gathers pace and the lyric I can't say that I'm sorry when I don't feel that wrong anymore and it's just it's kind of about the expansive power of new love and of the sort of joy of rediscovery but the pain and as she said it's a part diary log part therapy session and just all exulting and embracing life so it looks set to be a very personal record and I just can't wait I can't wait to hear the whole thing it sounds so far from that track which is the only track out there it sounds like it's going to be amazing Wow. Beautifully put, Georgie. The album's called Big Time. 
there are so many big things in that. I mean, imagine all of those things happening at the same time. I mean, if that's gone into the songwriting process and that's gone into the themes of the album, then that's going to be quite a, a one to listen to closely. It sounds like a phenomenal thing. She wasn't a run-of-the-mill kind of pop star or country star or whatever genre you might put her in, but that's quite an amazing lot of uh, circumstances to happen under one roof while you're trying to cut an album at the same time. It sounds like it's going to be amazing stuff. It's big time. It's coming out on the 3rd of June, new from Angel. Olsen. Thank you very much, Georgie. Fate, we're coming back to you for your final choice. This is Kaki from Sophie Tucker. Now, far be it for me to suggest that this does not tackle heavy themes of loss, love and difficulty, but it might do. (laughs) Sophie Tucker's new song is called Khaki. This is a name I know, but an artist I kind of don't, Fernando. So can you fill us in a little bit on this one? Well, absolutely. It's it's an interesting one, Sophie Tucker, because they are actually, you know, they're a US pop duo. But this song was clearly in Portuguese. And that's how... I discovered basically they love Brazilian music and not only Brazilian music, but from other countries as well, like Mali. So they use all those elements from other countries. But I would say especially Brazil. Rob, I actually have a question, you know, Kaki, how do you say, do you say persimmon or Kaki in English, actually, the fruit, if you know what I mean? Oh, we say persimmon. In Portuguese, we call Kaki. And that's what the song is about, because apparently it's supposed to be a mysterious and sexy fruit, in a way. Yeah, I think a person is sort of imbued with slightly magical healing powers. It might be an aphrodisiac. It's, yeah, it's, it's got something special going on with it. I spoke to them, actually, and, and I was talking to Sophie. I think she, she actually considered moving to Brazil for a while. But then she met Tucker, the other part of the duo. And they're quite interesting because their upcoming album is called Wet Tennis. And, I, and I've asked, why did you name it like this? So apparently, you know, they, they like the sport. They think it's very fluid. There's a lot of back and forth. So it's the back and forth of their ideas. And it looks very nice. They, they are, they're very photogenic. They had an amazing uh, photo shoot with their kind of tennis outfit fits as well wet tennis it does sound kind of <laughs> it's, yeah, it sounds like notes to a porno slightly doesn't it it's like right well what's this scene going to be about um, I like the sound of wet saying wet tennis has got a kind of nice it sounds good on the tongue doesn't it as well somehow yeah as you can see all my three options today they were very kind of sexy I mean that's why it's the beginning of spring and I think we need that we need those kind of high energy beats as well Sophie Tucker this is good stuff to get us into kind of sexy spring and summer vibes Faye is this kind of typical of their stuff I mean we've heard we've heard a sort of Brazilian cut, which kind of riffs on their love of Brazilian music there, Kaki. Do we know much more about them? Is this kind of true to form? Are they a big kind of festival summer kind of vibe? Is that where we're going? Are we going to be down the front somewhere this summer, Faye, is what I'm saying, for Sophie Tucker? Very much so. Their tour in North America, you know, 
will be on this summer as well. And they miss performing as well. So during lockdown, they were always kind of wearing amazing outfits and, and performing in their homes. So for their fans, it, it was magical. They were there uh, literally almost every week. So they have a very, very packed schedule. And I have to say, there's some other tracks in the album that are definitely highlights. So if people have time, they should listen to their collaboration with Amadou and Marianne. Uh, the track is called Mon Chéri. Again, beautiful, beautiful track. It's definitely a highlight. Love the sound of these guys. Sophie Tucker, the album is called Wet Tennis. That is out at the end of this month at the 29th of April, getting you well and truly into summer sexy vibes. Fernando, thank you very much indeed. Georgie, we're coming to you for the final choice of the programme. New from Foles, this is 2am. So we welcome back Foles and Georgie Rogers is going to tell us when they last made a record and whether she's missed them too. Yeah. The thing about Foles is I mean, they're, they're kind of one of our great British bands of the last 15 years. You know, they are consistently good. This is album number seven. It's not been too long since we last heard from them. They slipped a double album in in 2019, just before the pandemic, which was called Everything Not Save Will Be Lost. And it was actually a sort of weirdly prophetic album with lots of dystopian and apocalyptic imagery of a, of a world upside down. And then, um, yeah, the pandemic happened. And they also lost a member in that time. So they're now a three-piece. Edwin, who was keyboard, synths and bass, left the band. It was an original member, so been going since the beginning. I kind of love the fact that Foles are just, they've been able to keep keep it together so many bands of their era like the Maccabees and Wild Beasts you know, they all kind of split a few years ago and Foles are just keeping things going they're now headlining Latitude this summer so they're kind of they're at headline status now they're doing those big festival shows and they are one of they're just a great live band their their chemistry is so good their tunes are so good they've got so much in the back catalogue now and for this record I think you could probably say it's their most polished, kind of poppy, danceable record that they've done. They do kind of go back to the math rock style of the guitars and things uh, of their early material, but it's, I think, seven albums in, it's got that slightly... They know what they're doing, they know what's up these days, so they kind of... It does sound quite sort of, yeah, just shiny and shimmery and poppy. And I feel like they've kind of earned the right as well to, to just to just do an all-out pop danceable album and they also wrote this in the throes of winter last year and I think we can all we can all say it was a bleak winter I mean 2am 2am sounds like a real kind of like you're at a festival it's summertime it's, it feels like a it feels like it's very much talking to its audience right this song I mean coming out the traps as the first single something like this with that beat with that song title with that energy it very much feels like we're back we're live and we're back as a band right, right? exactly yeah and they kind of wanted to yeah they wanted to refocus do something that was an ode to nights out and it was all about that sort of daydreaming which I think a lot of us went through of you know coming back together in clubs and festivals and and playing live 
alive. And so bringing that kind of raucous energy, but also the kind of ecstasy and um, and kind of chaos, like find you know, sort of turn the line between the two. And lamenting the loss of the party, so they're back, dance party falls. And I really, you know, I like it when they kind of go down this route because they've got the heavy riffy tracks as well. So when you see them live, they really, like, it's a whole thing. But, yeah, for this one, we needed some good vibes and here they are with all the good vibes. And so, yeah, their festival sets, I think, this summer, just, they're going to go off. So Latitude, are they doing Glastonbury? Are they doing any of the big British ones? I guess they're getting on planes finally and doing a bit of uh, European touring stuff as well, I suppose. Yeah, Latitude is definitely a big headliner. And they slipped a few in last summer. They headlined All Points East last summer when we could kind of come back and do something. That was that small window of festivals. But I'm sure, yeah, they're European and America and... I'm sure off the back of this record, the diary will be very full. So it's Welcome Back Vibes. Foles' new album is called Life Is Yours. That sounds very embraceable. And that track we heard was 2am. The album is out in the sweet spot of the summer, 17th of June, just in time to just in time to rehearse some of the choruses, if indeed you see them at Latitude or anywhere else this summer. Welcome back, Foles. And thank you so much to my guests, Georgie Rogers and Fernando Augusto Pacheco. Wonderful choices, both. And it was lovely to chop and change between so many different styles and genres and all over the world. So thank you both for thinking so carefully about such good vibes for today's show. Monocle on Culture is produced by Sophie Monaghan-Coombs and Steph Chungu. And Steph also edits the show. We'll be back at the same time next week. But until then, from me, Robert Bounds, thanks very much for tuning in. 